because. Because, I love that, because the sky is blue, it makes me cry. Somebody else, because it's something else. I'm sorry? And you're blue. Well, my shirt is. That's what I mean. My shirt is. I was blue the other day here in the office. Did it rain anywhere else anybody wants? <laughs> when the ceiling tile fell on my head oh, as I was sitting at the de my desk, it was a magic moment, let me tell you. It's mystical, just mystical. A big, soggy, wet tile came down on my head and all over the computer. And what I love is more people react to the computer than on my head. <gasps> Not the computer. Is anything damaged? <laughs> my head! Have I not been feeling lousy enough with all my bodily stuff? Bodily stuff meaning I fell and hurt my, my leg. I should, I should be uh, more specific. <laughs> uh, and uh, it put me out of sorts for a little while. And at the same time, I could laugh because I know if I saw it fall on somebody else, I'd laugh. <laughs> Kenneth, where are you? <laughs> Kenneth, would, Kenneth would laugh. He smiled when I told him. <laughs> it was a little, and he found humor in it. And I could too. Unfortunately, the landlord sent somebody over to vacuum it all up, and that was a relief. And my computer's now in a weird place, and my desk, and there's big buckets in there because there's a couple of tiles missing, and we don't know that the leak has been fixed yet. Someone came to look, but that really means nothing, does it? <laughs> you know, unless they went up there with a lot of chewing gum on Friday <laughs> to seal that leak. My guess, yeah, I think it's tomorrow. Uh, I, I would imagine they don't know exactly where the leak is, and not one thing has been done yet. So I'm sitting at an odd angle, and my Gloria got to sit like this at her desk and reach over here because there was a leak coming through the light fixture above her head. Uh, she has curly hair. <laughs> no. <laughs> her hair frizz like nothing else with that light fixture. Uh, <laughs> imagine touching all those electronics. <laughs> but she doesn't have to pay for a perm this year. <laughs> To pay attention, you know, what is your because? What is your because? You know, that I can have my good because, or I can't have my good because. And I would assume just about all of us are, have our because several times a day, where I can't have all the promises that they offer at Unity because. I can have some of them, but I can't have all of them because. And let me tell you why my because is and then there's, oh, Sean, I can have this good because somehow I'm worthy of this good, but not all the good. And look inside and, and realize, do you, do you consider yourself unworthy of all your good? Yeah, and, and then you realize, oh, I didn't know I thought I was unworthy. I, I wasn't thinking about it. I thought it was somebody else's fault. <laughs> I can't have my good because my parents raised me wrong. I can't have my good because of the government. I can't have my good because of my grandparents, their parents, Adam and Eve. I can't have my good because there's a crack in the sidewalk. I can't have my good because of the weather at any point in the year, at any season. I can have my good today because the sky is blue. I, whatever, because. I can't have my good because my hair fell out. 
I can't be attractive because I weigh this much. I am worthy suddenly because I weigh this much. Funny, a friend of mine sent me a picture the other day of the two of us several years ago. And, and this is probably, he's probably one of the best looking people I've ever seen in my entire life. And, uh, but I was standing next to him in this picture. We were a lot younger, a lot, a lot younger. And the funny part is I looked at this picture, I thought, I look better now. I'm so happy that I can say, I look better now and I have far less hair, but I don't have circles under my eyes anymore. And, I, and I'm gotta be 70 pounds less. And that photo, I was plenty thin, but I look better now. And that's nice. There's more light in me. There's a lot of things. And so for all the criticism I can have when I look in the mirror, it's like, oh, look in your past if you want to uh, find something to criticize. And, and so that was, so because, oh, that was my because why I couldn't have a partner then, why I couldn't have this or that then, was because I, I looked like that. But the funny part is back then, that beautiful man didn't have one either. Oddly enough, he didn't find a partner until he got much older, had a car accident, and doesn't look the same as he used to. And, and he has a husband now who loves him. Nice guy, good looking guy. And it's a funny thing, so it's not about our looks as to why we can or cannot have a relationship. It has nothing to do with how we look. But it does have something to do with how much light we are willing to let shine forth. It has a lot to do with our willingness to see light in ourselves. If we changed our because to, because God is, I am. That's all. Because God is, I am. Not I am this or that. But because God is, I am. And I, lo I looked at this. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Just a little bit of it. You must seek to be a blank slate. You must desire to, to remain unwritten on. No choosing of this or that. Not I am good because. Nor I am not good because. Neither excitement nor boredom. Imagine if you had no good, no because. I'll tell you, it's going to start out for many of us as something very uncomfortable. Oh, if I don't have a because, then I am nothing. I am no thing without my because, whether I like the because or not. You know, whether I like what I think I am or not. It's worse to be no thing. You know, to not be what we've hated. But I've grown very attached, attached to what I hate about myself. I've grown very attached to all my reasons why I don't yet have all my good. It's because I'm guilty. It's because I should be guilty. It's because of what's been done to me or I have done to myself. And all that really does, if we go in that category, is perpetuate the, what we call, not good we've done to ourselves. I eat a lot of sugar 
because I'm afraid to not eat a lot of sugar. I'm afraid that I will not live well for the next seven minutes if I don't eat this sweet stuff now. Used to be cigarettes. How am I going to get through these next few minutes? How can I make a phone call? How can I drive a car if I don't have a lit cigarette? And then one day I learned, so I'll never drive again, so I'll never be on the phone again. I don't care. I want to live without cigarettes. I'm going to find out who I am or who I am not without my cigarettes. And I did. And what I found is I'm a beloved child of God. Now, I'd already started that process, but it, it kicked in even higher because my prayer life accelerated during that. And it, it meant everything to me. Somehow, I don't seem to feel that a piece of cake gets in the way of my prayer life. <laughs> now, I, I dropped a considerable amount of weight recently due to the fall-down diet. <laughs> I fell down and lost a lot of my appetite. And, 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 and I, oh, I, was, I was thrilled with that part of it. You know, you pick and choose what you like and don't like out of every event. I would have liked to have had that, that freedom from craving without the physical pain. Without the excruciatingly physical discomfort. I would have liked it, but I, I, somehow I couldn't pick and choose that aspect of it. And, and so, well, why did you fall down? What was your, I don't know, I slipped, I, stood, I stepped on a plastic lid in my basement, and I went sliding. I can, you know, I can't say that was unconsciousness. I can't say that, oh, something is out to get me or to help me. What I can say is it happened so I can use it. I can use it for the healing of a lot of my mind. I can use it for the healing of even my body. I can use it for the healing of my life. I can use it, this event. I can use all of it. I can use my, I can, if I observe, if I observe my cravings, I can observe, oh, when I have this craving, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I won't make it through the next five minutes sanely. I'm afraid I will lose my sense of reason. I'm afraid I will lose my limited perception of myself and you if I don't do eat this candy, eat this sugar, eat this whatever. In the next, but I know I've learned, wait five to seven minutes and the craving will pass. Just wait. And you know what ends up happening? I don't know, well maybe you do. I become nothing. I become no thing. I become neither good nor bad. I become someone I don't know anymore. As I, as I don't reach for the substance, as I don't reach for the clever words, as I don't reach for whatever it is that I think will console me or comfort me in this moment, because I need that to be comforted. Because I think I need to be comforted. Has anyone done Vipassana here? You have. Anybody else done the Vipassana 10-day silent Vipassana? I, I, I've told this story before, but many of you have not heard it. Welcome back to the rest of you. First time I did Vipassana. Vipassana is a 10-day silence. It's a Buddhist thing. You go to the ashram. I always go to the one up here in uh, Massachusetts and Shelburne Falls. And 
I didn't know what I was getting into the first time. I just knew as soon as I heard about it from someone else, I needed to do it. I, I heard as clear as can be, Sean, you must go and do this. Now, I didn't do my research in what people have been through when they've gone through, through it. I, I, I didn't know. I, I looked it up. I, I knew the agreements. The agreement says you will kill no living thing while you are there. You will not have any form of sex while you are there. You will not read. You will not write. You will not listen to music. You will not pray while you are there. These are agreements while you are there. Fine, I can, I th it just sounded freeing, so incredibly freeing. <laughs> and you can look at the schedule, and you can look at the menu, which I ended up liking a lot, this vegetarian menu, but you don't really grasp the concept that your last real meal is at 11 o'clock in the morning until you are there. Surprisingly, at five, at tea time, when you can have a cup of tea, and first, new students, well, the first year, you could have a piece of fruit. I was never hungry which really impressed me, let alone that I ate an entirely vegetarian menu while I was there. But here, here, here's the funny part. So I, I knew, because they have cabins and things outside, and they have tents. Now, I knew enough about myself that if I was not to kill any living thing, I could not stay outside. So I, I said, I need, I need to stay indoors. I knew that much which is fine, and I, uh, I didn't know yet that I needed my own room. I learned that the first year. I've reached an age where perhaps I make noise when I sleep, not a nice way to put it. And, uh, and so that, but oh, let me tell you that the first time, there's, a, there's three beds in a room while I got in, but only two of them were taken, and there was like a little wall dividing us, so we kind of had a little bit of privacy, because you gotta remember, you're sharing for 10 days without talking to this person. So we established our bathroom boundaries. We established everything. And the first, day, first night, you go into the silence. Well, the next day, I walk into the room after the morning, and there they, they brought a guy in who's wearing a black hood. You know, hoodie. And I thought, they have put the Grim Reaper in the bed next to me. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought, I can't see his face. I just see somebody. And a, and a black hood, I, and I, I, I spoke, I talked for a moment. I went to the people in charge and I said, uh, excuse me, you can't do this. You can't do this. Either he has to move or I have to be moved or it's okay, I will leave if it's a real problem. But you're not gonna put a stranger next to me who I didn't meet before we went into the silence. And they said, well, he, he was in a tent, and it turns out he's getting over a cold. And I said, oh, for terrific, so you're going to play that too? You're going to put in the bed next to me. I said, here's the deal. It's okay. I will go ahead and leave. They all oh, no, we don't want you to leave. So they moved him. Turns out they did have another place for him. And one day I saw him outside walking, because I often lay in bed and you watch out the window. And, and, they, uh, and he got... He, he was walking the trail and he got amongst a bunch of gnats or something and all of a sudden he's like this. I thought, oh no, I drove him insane by taking that look because he looked like a crazy person out there. It turns out, when I met him at the end, he was a very nice guy. But, but I, you know, and when you're in the silence, you're very vulnerable, especially first time. So, being in this silence is not unlike quitting smoking, if you've ever done that, because you become... No thing. You just, you have your memories and they all came to visit me in the silence. You're on the floor 10 hours and 45 minutes a day meditating in a very specific way. 
and I never made it, you know, a whole hour without opening my eyes or something. But nevertheless, you can't stretch out your legs, you know, because that's disrespectful to put your feet facing the, the center. And, and so and all of us were like, oh my gosh, this hurts. You know, you're on, you're on the floor. And, and you know, oh, your butt starts to hurt, so you move it, and your back starts to hurt. Oh, so you move it, and your legs start to hurt. And that's over and over and over again. All the, and all of us were, were doing that. And, and I'm about to go for my fourth time in September. I want you to know, it, it did me so much good. Kenneth, Kenneth loved it, didn't you, Kenneth? <laughs> they put Kenneth in a cabin. He didn't know better. <laughs> and... That, but I started to get it, what the point was. The point of Vipassana is to eradicate all craving, all aversion, and all ignorance. And I thought, that's fantastic. I would be set free. And so in that, you know, to keep changing positions, I got it. I have a great aversion to discomfort. And I have a great craving for comfort. Hence, I must eat whatever comes into my mind but so I have this and if I could and it's my thought if I could just get comfortable I wouldn't have to be uncomfortable and that's my ignorance that I need to get comfortable so I won't be uncomfortable and that's why I keep reaching for something that's my because and so I went to the teacher you can make an appointment every day at five or no, noon during the lunchtime to speak briefly with the, the assistant teacher, and I say assistant because the main teacher is on video. And so the assistant who's sitting up in the box there, and, and I made this appointment and I went to him and I said, I think I understand it. That craving and aversion, and I have a great aversion to this. And he said, I think you should just keep doing Vipassana, Sean. And that was the end of our discussion. <laughs> he was not going to have an intellectual discussion with me about Vipassana. It wasn't about understanding it. It was about practicing it. And that's my message for all of us today. We are not here to understand this intellectually. We are not here to explain it. Because we have read a book we are here to practice it and get our understanding from the practitionership. Any of us, well, not any of us, not everybody could read Charles Fillmore and understand that. But if you practice, you will be able to read Charles Fillmore and you will have an understanding But Myrtle Fillmore or Emily Cady or Wayne Dyer or any of these writers. You can understand it intellectually forever and never have a healing. And here's your because. Because you haven't practiced it. You can talk about it at parties. You can talk about it in classes. I could get up here and talk about it every Sunday and never have a healing if I haven't practiced it. And it doesn't mean practice it a little bit. It means to become a practitioner. That is so much more important than becoming a preacher. There are so many good preachers who haven't had healings. So many. There are so many great preachers who can't have a relationship to save themselves. Well, they can. Actually, they can have hundreds of them. 
but they can't seem to find one. Say, oh, I know how easy it is to quit smoking. I've done it many times. <laughs> I'm going to do it again next year. <laughs> it's like... Because it's too uncomfortable, I can't do this. A couple of weeks ago, I got acupuncture. My phys physical therapist gave me acupuncture with these big long needles. And he stuck one in my hamstring, laying on the bed, and he put one in my hamstring, right in the big muscle there. And here's what freaked me out. When he did that, it felt like he was sticking it into the top of my foot. I felt a needle going into the top of my foot, and I'm laying on my stomach with my instep laying on the bed, and I felt a needle go through the top of my foot as he put it in back here. And he said, and I screamed. I think I told you, he said, oh, I got a minister to swear. <laughs> and uh, I said, it's really not that difficult. <laughs> I have charged a cover charge for that in the city. And, uh, He said, oh, they're all connected. All the nerves are connected. All the muscles are connected. You can feel it different when you do things here. You can feel it down there. And here's the thing. And so when I speak it here, it affects down here, but it also affects all out there. But if I speak it from my place of knowing, it affects everything very positively. If I speak from my experience rather than my intellect, then I have given a gift, not just to you, but to me. And so, are you going to speak from your experience or are you going to speak from your preferences? You're going to speak from your experience, or are you going to speak from your straight A's on all your tests? Are you going to speak because you know or because you know about? There's a huge difference. And I do pass along some lessons learned by my friends because I knew they experienced this. And so I'll pass that along, too, as, as part of my wealth, because I now believe that this can take place because you think this. So I want to pass along my experience of having had a, a healing of my leg and my hand, rather than I've read about healing, rather than I've heard I, I've had some instantaneous healings in my time, and I've had some long-term healings in my time, and I still have a few I'm waiting <laughs> to bear witness to, be it emotionally, be it mentally, be it spiritually, and be it physically. I'm still waiting for the willingness to bear witness, because that's what I want to pass along. The first time I did the Vipassana, and I drove straight back at 7 in the morning on that Sunday after 10 days, and I came here in my sweats to do the talk, spontaneously, without notes, because back then I used to write my script every week. Well, I, I, I'm told I did a great talk. I have no idea what I said now at this point. It's been years. But David saw the difference. We went to the diner after church. 
five of us sat down in the booth, maybe six. And my food didn't come for a long time, and everyone else's did. And what he saw was I didn't care. I wasn't upset. It didn't matter. And he said, Sean has changed. <laughs> I didn't take it personally. And so you see, I came back, practiced, in my practice, rather than explaining why. Now I'm in the intellect of it all. But back then, I, I didn't even notice. It's like, oh, okay, food will get here when it gets here. Wouldn't that be great to live life that way? Oh my God, it'll be here at exactly the right time. Oh, I don't need to judge this. It's just a preference I have. It doesn't matter what I think right now. Imagine that I don't have to state what I think about the weather today. Because my opinion means nothing. I can tell myself, but I do not have to proclaim it to the world. I do not have to explain because the world is round. This happens. I do not have to explain because of this and because of this. What if you guys sing because you like to sing rather than anything else? And it doesn't need any bigger because than that. What if we are neither good nor bad? At least not in human terms. I am God's beloved child and I am called beautiful because I am. I am God's beloved child, not because of something I have done, but because I am me. I am God's beloved child and I am capable of magnificent manifestation of great thoughts rather than great stuff. Great thinking rather than status. And it is my great thinking that reminds me of why I am safe to be confident, safe to be assured. I am good because I can't not be. Capital G, good. There is no opposite. I am whole, I am perfect, and this is what whole and perfect looks like. I am worthy of the entire kingdom. Not because of deeds I have done, but because I am. I just am. Wouldn't you like to be that today if you don't already know it? Wouldn't you like to release all of your guilt as if it has value? Wouldn't you like to release your shame? Just because it doesn't have the value you thought it did. Wouldn't you like to release your thoughts of how you have been abused or how you have abused? Wouldn't you like to release your conviction that there is something good missing in you? Wouldn't you like to? I would. And I've worked at it for years. And so, we must release our definitions of circumstances. We must release our pity. We must release our sorrowful, sorrowful reasoning. We must release all poor things from our vision. 
We can give because we want to give, not because that poor thing needs it. We can give because we cannot outgive God. We can give love to ourselves every single day just by looking in the mirror, just by having a thought of love. We can love the sky, we can love the, the pavement. And we can love ourselves by going within and asking, how do I love myself today? What's the best and fastest way to love myself today? And it doesn't matter whether I can explain it or not. I don't have to explain how I can love myself. I just do it. I can be the shining example of love. I can be the shining example of light. I can be the shining example of wisdom in action, wholeness in action. And I don't need a because. I just am. God is. I am. God is. I am. God is. I am.